don't give up. Hope wins, love wins, how to find hope in a time of great pain and suffering. This is a big topic because um, even though we kind of touched on on this at the beginning of our um, a pandemic, now is almost, it's even more important now because I think emotions are even more intense. Opinions are becoming more divided. And uh, uh, I don't want to engage in, the, in those discussions with individuals who seek to control and change other people's minds by pushing. And so I'd rather encourage Hope Fellowship to be loving people. This is the best way for us to walk through any difficulty, to not be jerks, to not be over-opinionated, uh, to give an opinion when asked, not uh, offer it well, well uh, before being asked, all those kinds of things. There's a lot going on. And I had a wonderful discussion yesterday with a friend who completely disagrees with uh, some of my views on what's going on in this world, and uh, and yet we're friends. And it was it was good. By the time we left, I said I said to him, "This it was fun to banter." And here's the key: it was fun to banter because this individual was sharing perspectives that I didn't have or was not accustomed to, or at least gave me insight to where they were coming from, giving me understanding, not trying to correct them and tell them they're wrong. Okay. That's what, that, that's when we're overrunning the basis folks is when you're telling other people they're wrong or, well, I guess you're not reading science or, oh my goodness, you're just hearing that lens. When you start to do that, you are putting yourself above others instantly. And there's no room for that. You're causing stress that's unnecessary. So I'm begging you, dial it back. Let's, let's take our eyes off this storm. See this lighthouse picture here? I, this to me was brilliant. It's not going anyway, anywhere. And the storm is crashing. It's coming. And and yet we are the light of the world. How can we uh, call ourselves light of the world when we're speaking darkness into people and speaking division into people? Let's stop it, folks. I'm trying to. I, I really am. Um, and it's good. So let's be careful not to make unnecessary things the issue, but because I believe our relationships with one another are the issue. Um, and that means each one of us has to stop and do a self-evaluation. Am I one of those that's pushing my, my perspective or am I, I, I can have a perspective, but am I pushing it? Right? So if you're not invited to don't just, I don't know, which brings me to this part because a lot of fear has been sown in and, and fear is a nasty thing. Fear is uh, an illusion. Fear is an illusion. I, can't, I came across this from Henry now and letting go of fear. And I want to start our time together with this. Because honestly, there's a lot of fear-rooted stuff going on. And uh, uh, it's, it's, it's not our core. It is not our true source. So I'm trying to refocus us to who our true source is. Who is Jesus? The rock, our cornerstone. Thank you, Yeshua, for singing that song. Underneath all our emphasis on successful action, many of us suffer from a deep-seated low self-esteem. And so our actions become more an expression of fear than inner freedom. As we keep our eyes directed at the one who says, do not be afraid, we may slowly let go of our fear. We will learn to live in a world without zealously defending borders. <laughs> I like that. 
we will be free to see the suffering of other people, free to respond not with defensiveness, but with compassion, with peace, and with ourselves. I love this. this to me, this is a big deal right here. If your attitude cannot be, um, it, let me, no, back it up. If your first reaction is defensiveness, something's going on. If you have to be right, if you have to keep correcting people, there's, there's nothing wrong with them. It's on your end. Your lens must change. This is the, uh, Rainey just writes, I'm the problem and I am the solution. The I am in Christ. You're right. Rainey's right. Rainey, he's down in Alabama. Uh, love that guy. Um, he runs a, um, a ministry that deals with uh, addictions and recovery. And uh, it's called Rafa. Uh, incredible. Because he's also speaking to the low self-esteem of individuals because they're getting their esteem from the world, not from Christ. Because for one, they're unaware of who created them and who they are in. So they think the I is ego, but the real I am is Jesus. I love that. So thanks, Rainy. That was, that was brilliant. Perfect. So let's not live in this fear thing. Let's move on. Okay, let's get into this. I showed this last week, but uh, then we cut got we got cut off from uh, my computer shutting down. But here we go. Uh, this is how I felt last week, and uh, sometimes I still feel like this, and it, it just is just real. I know I'm going to get through it. I'm just tired of going through it, and some of us are tired. I'm tired. I'll be honest. I am. Um, in fact, uh, uh, I'm trying to make some moves to to help me um, forget uh, trying to hold it together and let Jesus do the holding together. And that's really cool, which, which is wonderful. So if you're feeling stressed and uh, the uh, openings aren't coming fast enough, you're not alone. Everyone else is wondering too. And uh, uh, be encouraged. That's what today's message is going to be about. This is cool too. I love this. There is a Hasidic story about a girl who left the synagogue each morning during her daily prayers to go into the woods. One day, her grandfather followed her and watched as his granddaughter uh, prayed amid animals and trees. Why do you go outside to pray, he asked. She said, when I am in nature, I feel closer to God, the girl replied. Don't you know that God is the same everywhere? I know, said the girl, but I am not. Ooh, don't you know that God is the same everywhere? That's what the, the grandfather said. But the girl says, I know, but I'm not the same everywhere. We're not the same uh, in responding to stress when we're stuck in traffic. We're not the same when we're contemplating and relaxing. Like th there's so much more to this. I loved that. That to me was a reminder for um, self-care. That's what this is. This, this is about self-care, mental health, mental awareness, self-awareness. That's, that's where all this goes. Now, some people say, well, the Bible doesn't say about mental health. Of course it does not say those words, but it does completely speak to and address the topic. Just because that terminology wasn't around back then, um, it, it clearly spoke to our human reality. This is not the first time humanity has been through difficulties and stress and wars and, and a pandemic um, this it's not so we are going to get through this 
and we can choose to have a good attitude. And I'd rather come out on the other side having had a better one by the time it ended than keeping a bad attitude right through it. It's kind of cool. Here's a prayer. I love this. This is from Henry now, and, and I shared this with Elizabeth this week um, in something she posted, and I thought this was cool. So I want to share it again here um, because this could be your plea. This could be yours and my prayer of surrender. Listen carefully to this prayer. Dear God, as you draw me ever deeper into your heart, I discover that my companions on the journey are women and men loved by you as fully and as intimately as I am. In your compassionate heart, there is a place for all of them. No one is excluded. Give me a share of your compassion, dear God so that your unlimited love may become visible in the way I love my brothers and sisters. <laughs> Amen. That's a, that's a great prayer. Wow. <laughs> can you pray that? Can, can you really pray this? Now, I love how it says, as you draw me deeper into your heart. We're already in Christ, but the awareness of being drawn in deeper. Oh my goodness, I, I pray for that all the time. And uh, yeah, anyway, I hope that hits your heart like it did mine. All right, if we're going to talk about all this focus stuff, what is it that we ought to be focusing on if we want to find hope in these difficult times? What do we do? We haven't gotten to the practical part yet, but we actually are in the practical part. It's all up here. It's all in your mind and where do you focus. So what's the first thing to look at? I'm going to say thankfulness. Uh, the, the, the less thankful you are, the grouchier you are. The, the less thankful you are, the poorer your attitude will be. If you want to know where your attitude's at, ask those you live with. <laughs> and give them permission to be dead honest. Come with a contrite, humble heart when you ask. They'll tell you, oh, you've been pretty snappy lately. You know, you've been pretty grumpy. Or, But I hear sometimes, <laughs> this is embarrassing, but I'm short. You know, and my bandwidth is so full uh, in, in my mind of all the things I'm trying to accomplish for the week. And I've, I've allowed the business of the week to control, fill all those gaps in my head. And it's like, wait a minute, how come work gets to take away all the best parts when I should be giving them to my family? I don't know how to, I don't, I'm, I don't know how to make those changes, but I'm, I'm making them and I'm trusting God to help me with that. And who knows? We'll see what happens. But this is how it works. And so as I become thankful for what's going on, listen, attitude changes. Now I'm grateful for having a job. I'm grateful for having a family, having a, a home to live in, having health, um, having friends, you name it. The thankfulness starts to go up. And guess what happens when you begin to become thankful? You redirect your attention from the things that are wrong. You're no longer looking at those things that are causing stress. You're actually focusing on the one who is the rock. It's like Peter speaking to Jesus on the on the lake, you know, but he he comes walking out on the water, but he takes his eyes off Jesus and he starts to sink. And Jesus is right there. Pulls him up. It's a classic. So, Psalm 136. I love this. I'm not going to read the entire psalm because it's really long and there's some there's some interesting parts in here that I Huh, I, I didn't want to get into today, um, but here, here's the key 
to give thanks to the Lord for he is good. His faithful love endures for some period of time. That's not what it says. Wait a minute. It says, give thanks to the Lord for he is good. That part's true. His faithful love endures forever. How many times do we think God's love comes to an end or is limited or is influenced by our attitudes and behaviors? Listen, your negative behavior, negative attitudes has no chance to influence the love of God towards you. Zero. In fact, uh, I remember a long time ago at uh, when we were still in the outlet mall, <laughs> uh, I was sharing with, uh, uh, you know, God is never disappointed with us. You cannot disappoint God. And somebody walked out really ticked off. And it's like, wow. Uh, anyway, the, the point was this. Now, maybe I, I didn't explain it well enough, but the, uh, I did eventually that expectations... Uh, are connected to disappointment because disappointment really means failed expectations and the Lord has no expectations on you knows your past your future knows every decision you're going to make the good ones the bad ones and his grace is there for every step of the way so to disappoint God as in God going oh I didn't see that coming how could you after all that I've done for you uh, how could you treat me like this like that's not the God that Jesus says he is one with, okay? And yet, we were taught that in churchianity. I was, for sure, in multiple denominations. So I am unlearning that perspective, and it's, uh, it's, being, it's called repentance, doing a full change of thinking. And I've repented of that thinking, and I'm seeing the God who is good, who is love. And this is where our mind change must happen. Every one of us. I don't care how long you've been growing in grace. I don't care how mature you think you are. Uh, I have so much growing to do. So do you. So let's focus on this. Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. His faithful love endures forever. Give thanks to the God of gods. His faithful love endures forever. Give thanks to the Lord of hosts. His faithful love endures forever. Give thanks to him who alone does mighty miracles. His faithful love endures forever. Give thanks to him who made the heavens so skillfully. His faithful love endures forever. Give thanks to him who placed the earth among the waters. His faithful love endures forever. Give thanks to him who made the heavenly lights. His faithful love endures forever. He remembered us in our weakness. His faithful love endures forever. He gives food to every living thing. His faithful love endures forever. Give thanks to the God of heaven. His faithful love endures forever verse one give thanks to the lord for he is good his faithful love endures forever is the message today give thanks choose to be thankful even when things aren't going your way if you're shaking your fist at god saying hey why is this happening to me guess what you're allowed to look at verse 23 says he remember remembered us in our weakness and his faithful love is still there that's just weakness. That's just darkness. That's that's an incomplete perspective when we when we're angry with God and we're allowed to be. 
There's so much freedom in our in our relationship and growth with Jesus to be angry at God. Now, we think God's angry at us. Usually, if you're angry at God, then you think he's angry at you. That's how it works. But what if we build a case that God's faithful love endures forever? Oh, pause. Can you see a little bit uh, like a glimpse that if this is our focus and not the pandemic right and wrong? That if this is our focus, not our rights or our concerns about rights being violated, comes comes a moot point. Can you see it when this is your focus? I want to hang around with people that are focused on this. I really do. <laughs> so make that the new pattern. Here we go. So what else? What else do we need to focus on to find hope in difficult times? Well, clearly thankfulness is one, but here's another one. How we see God and how God sees us. I think this is critical. These next number of verses are going to blow your mind when you see the power of each word, each each sentence. Oh my, 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 my. This is really cool. Are you ready? Psalm. Oh, wait. Old Testament. Old Covenant, are you kidding? You're reading from the Old Covenant? Yep. Listen, there are still glimmers of light there, okay? Oh, I wish I could read a Brad Jerzak quote from his new book. I just saw it yesterday or the other day. That Jesus brings the correction to how the Old Testament got it wrong. The scriptures, the ones that are supposed to be perfect. It was Jesus who corrected the scriptures for they were incomplete and not clear uh, and sometimes flat out wrong. Remember, he said, you have heard it said, but I say, listen, he fixed a lot. So Jesus is the one we look to, not not the Old Testament words. There's there's glimmers of light and darkness all sprinkled through the Old Testament. But I'm going to show you light. This is light. Look at this. Psalm 145, verse 8 and 9 from the New Living Translation. The Lord is merciful and compassionate, slow to get angry, and filled with unfailing love. (laughs) The Lord is good to some people. Nope, everyone. The Lord is good to everyone. He showers compassion on some of his creation. Oh, no, it says all his creation. Did you catch that? Our perspective of God matters. And this is one of the big lights in the Old Testament. The Lord is merciful and compassionate. Merciful. Not getting what we deserve. And compassionate, which means fully, deeply understanding, working with, and eager to coax us into right thinking, right living. His definition of right, not ours. (laughs) Slow to get angry. Man, how many times have I been taught that God, man, he's like a a fuse ready to blow. You know, he's had it up to here with us. Just, Just you're on my last nerve. This is the God we've been telling people about in past churchianity, religion. This is the, that's the God I grew up with in my Baptist Pentecostal background. It, it really, uh, that God, you better tiptoe, you better be careful because your behavior totally determines God's attitude towards you. That, that's what I was told. And it was a bunch of male bovine excrement, just baloney, not true. 
The Lord is merciful and compassionate, slow to get angry, and filled with unfailing love. The Lord is good to everyone, and he showers compassion on all his creation. Are you hearing it? Is your soul hearing it deep down? It's speaking to me. I'm Listen, I'm preaching to me today. This is for me. If you happen to benefit, fantastic. That's nice. But this is for me. I need to be reminded of this. Did I know it was true? Yes. But my mind and soul needs to be reminded of it. My spirit knows all this. But it gets clouded with all the clutter of the day-to-day. So to hear this, oh man, I need this. This is called meditation. In fact, the last two texts we just read from, I think Psalm, what was it? Hang on back. Psalm 136. Psalm 136 and Psalm 145. Go read that this week several times. Go for a quick walk somewhere, 10, 15 minutes, half hour, whatever you got time for. And and just keep repeating it. Read it slowly, slowly, and you're gonna you're gonna see a pattern happen. Oh, there's more. Verse nine or eight and nine from Psalm 145. This is from the Passion Translation. Okay, so this is we read the the New Living, but now this is from the Passion Translation. It's just it's worded just a bit differently. You're kind and tender-hearted to those who don't deserve it, and very patient with people who fail you. Your love is like a flooding river, overflowing its banks with kindness. I love that imagery. Go walk past a river, and uh, and read this. God, everyone sees your goodness, for your tender love is blended into everything you do. Can you embrace this? Will you believe this? I do. I love reading it. It speaks to me each time I do. (laughs) Even when I'm, like, I knew I was going to read this, but even reading it to you right now, man, it's it's, it's speaking deep into my soul. It's like a flood of fresh water like fresh spring water on a hot hot day (laughs) that's really cool philippians verses four sorry philippians four verses six and seven don't worry about anything instead pray about everything tell god what you need and thank him there's that thanks again for all he has done then you will experience god's peace which exceeds anything we can understand His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. This this is a really big one. Don't worry about anything. There's a couple ways to see this. Now, if I wanted to be cold and and directive and tell people what to do, and I hear somebody's worrying, I say, the Bible says, don't worry. Stop sinning. There's no room for that in this. Okay, You can't use this as a battering ram or a baseball bat on people. This is supposed to speak to the soul of each individual. Is your pattern or is your cycle of your washer stuck in worry right now? Are you in the spin cycle called worry? Pray that God will have somebody come and unplug that machine or pull you out. Because Jesus is reminding us not to worry. Don't let that be, here it is, don't let that be the default setting. For living moment by moment. That's what this is referring to. 
There are some people that do worry an awful lot. It does not mean to be thinking and be concerned about what's, you know, what's coming. There is a, a neat surrender that happens when we truly trust God. That That's your personal journey. And if you're not there, that's fine. But it is a goal. God will bring you to a place where you don't have to live in the continuous place of worry and concern. It's okay to say, hey, uh, I have to move in a couple months and I haven't got a place to move to. You know, I'm concerned about that. You can even use the word worry. That's not what this is talking about. This is, this is saying, don't let this be the default setting. Okay? Pray about everything. People are wondering, well, what's prayer for? Prayer is for you. And we're going to do a, 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 a I want to speak on prayer soon because I think this is a really big topic that is misunderstood and I'm still learning. I'm still growing in it. But prayer, oh my goodness, pray is just spirit to spirit conversation. It doesn't mean to sit and fold your hands. It can. And if you have to do that in order to help your mind focus, then do that. Sometimes I'll go over to the sanctuary over here and when nobody's here and, and I'll kneel at the stairs and somebody else, somebody could say, well, why were you kneeled to a cross or the statues and all that stuff? So I'm not kneeling to that stuff. I've got a place of quiet, of a place of art, of echo that is profound, a place of solitude where nobody's going to walk in. I hope not. And I, I and I pray. It's really cool. I don't get to do that very often over there. Like, but, but there's something special about that. Same thing if I go down to a river and just pray there or if I'm on a walk on a, on a trail. And I just pray. Each place has its own expression. Like that, like that thing we read about that little girl, you know, and how she finds uh, uh, herself to be different when she's in different locations. I thought that was cool. So don't worry about anything. Don't let it be your default. Pray about everything. Tell God what you need. As in... Share with him. I need this place to live in a couple months, or I need a job. I need this. I, I'm scared for my kids. Tell God your needs, and then thank him for all he's done. So I think it, this is a great. If you need a small pattern, here's a good start. This is all. All this is is the the um, the pablum of prayer, the the beginning, and then you'll learn to do it on your own. But tell tell God whatever you need, and then thank him. Sprinkle your prayer time with thanks. It's called worship, whatever it is. It's really cool. Then you'll experience God's peace. You have it in you, but you may not be aware of it. And that's what this is for. 2 Corinthians 1, 3-5 All praises belong to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. For He is the Father of tender mercy and the God of endless comfort. Pause there. There it is again. So far, we've had four really big texts, two from the Old Covenant, two from the New Testament, New Covenant perspective, on our Father being full of mercy and goodness and comfort here, endless comfort. Are you dealing with loss? I've done uh, participated in a number of funerals lately, and there's a lot of loss going on. Some people are blindsided with loss. Some losing a, a parent, and it's it's like wow, this is so deep. I didn't I didn't realize it could hurt this much. I didn't know the the sense of aloneness could be this powerful. And this is where God, who is comfort, steps in and gives some kind of peace. He might be sending you to someone to go comfort someone else. Through you, God is. Uh, endless comfort. 
He always comes alongside us to comfort us in every suffering. So that, oh, here we go. So that we can come alongside those who are in any painful trial. Listen, don't use this verse because I've heard this. You've heard it. I'm sure you have. Well, why is God letting this happen to me? Well, so that you can help someone else in their trial. Well, then stop it. I don't want that. Like to have that mentality that God's letting crappy stuff happen to us so that we can help somebody else go through their crappiness. That's baloney. That is such a, a, um, uh, oh, I'd say it's an awful way to, uh, to see that text and to view God. How would a parent, listen, what kind of parent would, uh, uh, put their kid through something horrible just so their kid can comfort their other sibling that's baloney the thing is when we are walking through difficulties and are comforted there's a knowingness that comes out of that there's an empathy a sympathy that comes that equips us to help others later especially if we're if we've walked through it and have healed it's out of that healing we help so don't put it on god say hey why is god doing this to me why does God let bad things happen to good people? That's a big question, but it, this is not the answer. Don't use this text as that answer. I think it's awful. Don't do it. We can bring them the same comfort that God has poured out on us. And just as we experience the abundance of God of Christ's own suffering, even more of God's comfort will cascade upon us through our union with Christ. So our focus here again is identity, knowing who we are in Christ. This is a really big one. The point here is he is the father of tender mercy and endless comfort. Do you see the pattern today? Are you starting to hear a repetition of some things? Ephesians 2 verses 4 to 9 says, But God still loved us with such great love. He is so rich in compassion and mercy. There it is again. All right. Seriously, how many more times do you have to hear this to believe it? Even when we were dead and doomed in our many sins, he united us into the very life of Christ and saved us by his wonderful grace. Pause. Pause there. Look back. It says here, and saved us by his wonderful grace. When? Even when we were dead and doomed in our many sins. Dead in our mind. We were saved. There is a sense of saved. Listen, that word saved, we need to parse and, and see there are a couple lenses and ways to see it. So uh, in one sense, everyone has been saved for sure by his wonderful grace. He has raised, past tense, raised us up with Christ, the exalted one. And we ascended, past tense, with him into the glorious perfection and authority of the heavenly realm. For we are now joined as one with Christ. Uh, this past week, I recorded uh, a couple sessions uh, for my Still Growing Grace. And we're talking about heaven, um, our concept of heaven and what that could be. And it's going to be interesting. It's Bill Thrasher and Richard Murray uh, having a discussion. And we're going to, the first two were more, you know, blanket. Um, but we're going to get deeper into, into some other stuff. And I think it's going to be really good. But here it is, the idea of that we are already ascended into the heavenly realm. Wait a minute. That's our spirit. So our body and soul are, are here still processing? Huh. Okay, and we're not disconnected from our spirit. This is, it's the same. Which leads to lots of other questions. What is heaven? And where is heaven? And I don't think it's far. I think it's right here. 
It's a, it's a dimension we cannot see and experience. And when we cross over, I think we see differently. Uh, there's something connected to that. Uh, I'm, you know, I'm not talking about certainty here. I'm talking about perspectives that must be considered. So anyway, I, I hope this was, this was good for you. Um, let me see if I got one more here. I, I, don't, I don't think I can finish. Oh boy. Okay, last one. Throughout the coming ages, we will be the visible display of, of the infinite, limitless riches of his grace and kindness, which has showered upon us in Christ Jesus. Pause there for a minute. Throughout the coming ages, we will be the visible display of infinite, limitless riches of his grace and kindness. Oh my goodness. I want to be that now. I don't want to wait until the ages to come. We are in the age now of grace. So let's be that description. Let's be the visible display of unconditional love, of loving all. It's like that, that prayer that we read from Henry Nouwen, you know, that may we see all in Christ, all with the love and compassion of Jesus. That includes during this argument of pandemic and vaccines and masks and all that stuff. I'm calling you out, folks. Stop it. Don't create division. That's called feeding darkness. Stop it. Let's focus on light. Let's be the visible display. Okay? And when I'm saying stop it, I'm talking about being pushy. There's nothing wrong with having different perspectives because we need those. We really do. This is about the pushy ones who make sure their opinion's heard. Um, <laughs> I'm sorry for those that are vegan, but this is, this is kind of a joke. But somebody asked, well, how can you tell if someone's a vegan? And the joke is, well, they'll tell you. <laughs> it's true <laughs> no problem they'll make sure you know um and that's not talking about the vegan lifestyle i think that's actually something worth considering and i think the the mentality of veganism is far more grace oriented than anyone realizes and thanks to my daughter i would not have known that you know it's not just about your eating this is about consciousness life choice holistic thinking Oh, anyway, don't get me going on that because I'm, I'm still learning. But here, this is about being a visible display. Let's make our display one of grace and love, not of division, not of separation, not of darkness, but of light, reconciliation. And here we become the display of grace and kindness. There it is. Kindness. I'm not even making this up. It's right there on the screen. Look. For it was only through his wonderful grace that we believed in him. Nothing we could ever earn, oh, sorry, nothing we ever did could ever earn this salvation. Not even our faith. Oh, for it was the gracious gift from God that brought us to Christ. So no one will ever be able to boast. For salvation is never a reward for good works or human striving. Huh. Uh, listen, th this is a huge text. This is a huge text. This, and we got to end with this because time's out. But let's be the limitless um, display of God's grace and kindness. Let us be the, the the expression of joy, the expression of hope. Just like just like our our uh, uh, title here. Uh, don't give up. Hope wins. Love wins. So let's let's have that displayed in how we speak to one another and how we. Um, uh, not just, or how we, in our attitudes towards one another, including attitudes towards those we disagree. And that one's a hard one, but it's still true. <laughs> Let me pray for you.
Heavenly Father, allow us to see your compassion and love towards us and that you have that same love and compassion towards all. May we see that compassion and love towards all as well and live that out to be a visible display of grace and kindness. Make it so. Amen. Ah, love it. Thank you for 